This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 23. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today I'm excited to welcome Domingo Silvas from DomingoSilvas.com to the Baller Circle. From humble beginnings to CEO, from U.S. Army veteran to serial entrepreneur, this self-made man is an unstoppable force of nature in business and self-worth. In business, he built several companies from the ground up. One company began with an idea written on a cocktail napkin where only a few years later, it was sold for eight figures. Domingo's many endeavors have reached out of this world's success, developing flight systems for fighter jets and even contracts with NASA for technology supporting manned space exploration. Domingo is living his childhood dream. Aside from his dedication to his family, Domingo continues to be involved in many endeavors, but he is most passionate about helping entrepreneurs achieve their dreams. On any given day, he can be found somewhere in the world enthusiastically unleashing the potential entrepreneur and others through mentoring, coaching, and repeatable systems for income and asset building. I'm so happy to have Domingo on the show. Domingo, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much, Michael, for having me. This is so awesome. I, you know, Domingo, I, um, you know, when we met at the uh, the No Excuses Summit, um, and you were talking about you know, your first uh, the business that you sold and you told me what you had sold it for, you know, initially I thought, okay, maybe you sold the business for, you know, $500,000, maybe $5 million. But when you said, you know, this was an eight figure sale, it, it just blew my mind away. And so the first figure, the, the, the first question that I have for you, uh, you know, us mere mortals sitting back here and listening to your story, I would like to know if you could tell me a little bit about that, that company and how you were able to grow it to a point uh, where you could command uh, eight figures for selling it. Well, that's that's a good question. So I, um, you know, I think the first thing you have to believe in. If anybody had to ask me, you know, would you do it again? I say yes. And what would I do different? Um, the only thing I would do different is that I would have more belief in myself um, because it is a very, it's a very sometimes. Uh, and alone, you know, you're kind of alone on your own mountain and you're the only one that sees the vision all around you. You're the one that sees everything you ever wanted, everything you ever want to accomplish. Um, and you're on that mountain and you're, you want others to join you, but it's a battle because they have to climb that mountain with you and there's, there's little stages in it. So the first one was the belief in the product. So, you know, the product was in the cellular suppression technology. And so I knew in 2000 that cellular um, communication was going to become a very big um, you know, topic. So I found a niche um, that was going to be very interesting because I, at that point I wanted to do securities, but I didn't know what kind of security. And I went to a friend of mine called, uh, his name is Don Levy, and I said, I want to do a security company, but what kind should I do? And he, quit, he said, hey, look at cell phones. And that's really where it came from. And so in 2007, we sat down, I, you know, I sat down with some of my mentors and we drafted out a napkin idea about creating something with uh, cell phone security. And um, and so here you are, you're on this mountain, and you have to have others believe in you and kind of go through the journey with you um, in this in this is very lonesome journey. But 
the vision was very clear for me. But, it, you know, you have all the obstacles in front of you. You have an idea. No one else believes in it yet. But, you, you know, as long as you see it through, it can happen. And so we went out and we raised money for it. I shared my idea. I put it in a, in a document. I showed it in a way that people could understand what I was trying to do. You have to remember, this is 2002, 2007, 2008, right before the housing crash. Right. And so people were making money. They were selling their houses. They were doing this. And they're like, yay, 25 here, 25 there. So I raised a half a million dollars, uh, a little bit more than half a million dollars, my first four or five months with the idea. Um, and then, then the market crashed, right? And so then at that point, everybody who, who had their hand out, the wallet out, the wallet disappeared and the hand was gone. <laughs> um, so here we are selling a product that we have to convince the U.S. government that they need and want. And they're, they're also broke, right? Because they're, they're bailing out every other company that, you know, potentially could have caused this whole, uh, uh, this whole disaster. And um, so it was a very interesting journey throughout the time. So slowly by slowly, I was able to get other people to climb the mountain with me. Uh, but I kept I kept with my vision, and my product was too early to market. I was told that so many times, and so I did something creative. When I, if my product was too early to market, it means to me that there is a market for it. It's just a little too early, maybe a year, maybe two years off. So I went out and acquired two or three other companies that were producing capital, you know, pre, pre, producing cash, and I was able to keep the business sustained and continue moving forward and get my R&D developed on my first business while running the second and third business uh, that we did. So we eventually bought five companies during this period of time. Wow. And yeah, let me tell you, that's belief, right? So <laughs> yeah. people say, you're too early. I'm not going to give you the money. You're like, okay, what am I going to do? And they call it quits. Not me. I got creative. I went out and I bought some other companies. Um, we gained um, a slew of uh of employees government contracts and so it was a different it was a different completely different uh business model and i guess if i had to say anything i had to grow up fast because now now i was ceo of one company that was starting off um now became ceo of four companies that were in business collecting money doing you know generating revenue and had over 100 employees so it was a quick transition, and a lot of this couldn't be done without having some mentors that I can rely on um, because everybody needs mentors. I don't care what kind of success you have. Everybody has mentors. And so basically, I slowly by uh, slowly and slowly, more slowly, very slow. It seemed for like turtle slow or <laughs> nail slow during this time. People started jumping on my mountain. People started joining me along the way, and but I kept focus because this the – it's our job. Our job is to help people see the vision as clear as possible. And then, and the more you put into it by a business plan, uh, strategic documents, um, the, the clearer the picture can be for other people to see it. Because right now it's all in your head. It's all in your head. And you see it and you want to get it done. But you have to make you have to present it in a way that other people can believe in it and also. And sometimes seeing it is believing. Um, so... Over that journey, you know, that's basically what I did. I did whatever it took to survive, uh, to make that idea come to fruition. And at the end of the day, the other companies were sold off. And this, the the first company, my first idea, the one I drew on the napkin, was the one that sold for eight figures. That's awesome. So let's uh, let's let's take a look, couple steps, steps, couple steps back, because I assume that you know you didn't wake up one day with these skills to be able to develop a company like that, like. 
what was the process that went that you went through to um, you know even have the expertise to be able to develop that sort of company? How did how did you get to that point? Um, well, that's a, <laughs> that's a that's a very interesting question because you know you're right. I wasn't given the skill sets. Um, I didn't go to college. You know, I I just I only had one thing on my side, and that was belief that I can do whatever I needed to get done to make it happen. Right? Mm-hmm. That was my belief. That's what I had on my side. And the rest of it, you kind of learn on the job. Um, and you learn with other people on your team. You know, so overnight, I grew from an employees, like seven employees to 100 employees, literally like in a time frame of about 90 days. Wow. Um, so you quickly have to shift your mindset to, okay, now you have a startup and now you're an existing business and you're dealing with the government who audits everything you do. It's a complete different shift. So we had to depend a lot on the team that that um, that I acquired, you know. So what I did is I would have my meetings with each and every person. What is your job? What are you getting done? I got gotcha. you. And after I got a good idea of what the entire team, like the whole entire culture of the company, was how it was performing, then I was able to put in my input, saying, "Okay, guys, we can save money if we do this. We can do this. We can do this different." But I relied on my team who were professionals to do their job. And if they weren't doing their job, I found somebody who did it. So, and, and that w- that's the only thing that made it possible because I didn't have the knowledge, but I was willing to learn it. I was willing to dive in. I was willing to spend the time. So my hours increased a lot. It was seven days a week. I was in the office, um, you know, was constantly traveling, get to know the customers. And I would say within about six months, I got used to the environment. I got, okay, I know where we're at. I know what things ha- need, how it needs to happen, and I started implementing things to make things work. But I'll tell you, it was, it's, it was not easy, but you got to be willing to see it through. Got to be willing to see it through. Right, right, yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I and I love before when you were talking about um, the importance of having a mentor. How even you know now uh, after you've you know e- experienced such great success. Uh, you still have uh, have a mentor. Who was your first mentor, and what did that person do for you? My first mentor is God, um, and he gives me the 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 um, he gives me everything. Right? I mean, that's the truth. I wake up in the morning. I'm thankful, thankful. Thank you for everything. And even if things went wrong or right, thank you for everything. Thank you for the lesson learned. Thank you for. Um, the, the trials and tribulations that I go through, um, I'm very, very thankful. Um, next to next to that, per, uh, next to him, obviously, uh, my next mentor, and I was in here. Here's the thing that was very difficult for me. I guess I was younger and I was like, I, I had success prior to this. So I had another company and we had 30 employees and we were doing, you know, several millions a month uh, in a year. And so I had some experience in business, so it's not like I was a newbie to this. But uh, during that journey, I I was like, you know what? I don't need a mentor. I don't need a mentor. I can do it all. So I was kind of like pounding my chest. And don't need a mentor. And don't need what does who does what, who's this Anthony Robbins and what could he possibly know? And that was that was my attitude. I was you know being honest with you, my attitude was like I don't need this. I don't need to go to webinars and seminars and all this stuff because I'll learn it myself and I'll do it myself. And that was, man, that was the biggest lesson I learned right there. Because when I realized you can't do it all, you you can have the skill set to be able to contribute to it. 
and you can learn to kind of guide it and, and manage it, but you can't do it all. And it was a big slap in the face. Um, and that's when I realized, okay, I need mentors. And so, you know, like I said, I had God along the whole entire trip, but, um, my next mentor, which was really my, my, my best friend. Um, and it was, and it just turned out to be that she was my wife as well. Oh, uh, awesome. Well, because you have to think about it this way, that person knows you best. Okay. They know your worst. They know your best. They know how you're going to perform. They know how you're going to react in certain circumstances. And if you can just step back and allow them to guide you and say, look, in this situation, you normally behave this way. You can learn a lot about yourself. Um, if we just don't allow the emotion of spouse and husband to get in between it, if you can just sit back and say, um, man, she does know me. Um, she knows how I'm going to react. She knows when I'm my, my best. She knows when I'm at my worst. Um, and so my wife was my, I guess you can say my first mentor. Uh, we've been together now, you know, 21 years married. Nice. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah. And so I contribute a lot of my success to her. Um, really, it, it, I would say that would be it because you have to have a mentor that understands you. And when you go out and find a mentor, you got to have not only a mentor that understands you, but also believes in your vision. Okay. They have to be able to believe in your vision because it's one thing for a mentor to believe in you, but not to believe in your vision, then there's a, there's a disconnect. Um, they got to believe that you can get it done as much as if, as much as you believe that you can get it done because it's, it's so important. Mindset is everything. If you have any weakness in mindset along in your team, um, a lot of things can go wrong. Huh. That, you know, the one thing that I, I, I love about that is uh, I think um, when you were talking before about gratitude, right? When you're wake, talking about waking up in the morning and being grateful for uh, just being alive, um, I think that that's such an important part of just life in general because especially with being an entrepreneur there's so many things that are going to come up that are going to discourage you right there's so many things you're going to have to fight through and if you can't focus on what's going right and you're always focused on what's going wrong i assume you're not going to have the energy to, to continue on um so i think that you know the fact that you are have able to were able to figure that out uh is, is awesome and the fact that also that your wife is such a great uh, support supporter for you uh, is awesome as well. Um, so I'm curious about that. So the the relationship dynamics were there um, ever any issues with? Uh, I, I guess one. I guess the question I'll, I'll ask you is: Is your wife involved in the business? She was involved in the business. Um, <clears throat> she didn't. She came along kicking and screaming, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you know, uh, because she was not an entrepreneur and mm -hmm. she would still classify herself at, not as an entrepreneur. Um, she is a individual that likes her nine to five job. She likes to be told what she's going to do and she would like to know exactly how things get done and have it mapped out for her. Um, and me, that's, that's the complete opposite of me. I, um, so, so how would it, how it just worked out so beautifully is that the company I acquired was working for the government. That's how they do their work. Everything's laid out, everything. So she was, she came on board as a chief liaison officer between my company and that company. And she went into that environment and she flourished and she flourished very well. She knew everything about that company and she was in her happy place. Um, so, and then I guess during that time, 
we were able to bond a little closer when it came to, uh, you know, entrepreneurship because she started seeing that how I developed or how I worked in my field and how she worked in her field. And we were able to see, okay, now we know our strengths and weaknesses and how we can work together. Um, and it just worked out. And now she runs her own company and I run mine. Oh, nice. That's awesome. So what would you say to someone who, um, let's say they're, they're an entrepreneur, but they have a spouse or a significant other who is not on board, who's not supportive? What, what would you say uh, to that individual to, to, I guess, help them move past that? It's really tough. The, the big thing is communication, right? Um, I, I, get, I get asked that question a lot. Um, where, you know, guys have a spouse and they want them home more and they want to spend more time with them and they want them to have that nine to five job. But this person just wants to be an entrepreneur and they want to go out and, and, and they're so addicted to what they're doing that, you know, they, they just lift their head up and it's four in the morning and they, the whole day is gone. Um, it's about communication and having a balance. You have to understand that, um, it's great to chase your dreams, but you can't, you can't forget the entire dream. You know, the dream is not just to sit there and make money. The dream is for you to, and your family to, to be living well and doing well. Right. Um, so a family is a big part of the dream. So you can't just go after part of it and leave the rest behind. So it's important for the individual to, to communicate with the spouse, um, to communicate with them, sit down with them, say, look, I, I'm going to work a lot of hours, but this is what I will do. Between five and eight, I will stick with the family. It's family time. Um, after eight o'clock when the kids are in bed and you're, you're watching your shows, I'm going to get back to work and just have that balance. And as long as you communicate, it will work out. It'll be difficult in the beginning, but once you set up a routine and you stick to your word, you have to honor your word. If you say that you're going to be available from five to eight and the next thing you know, every few days, you don't, you're not available because you're too busy. Um, it causes other issues. So your word and your honesty with your spouse is critical and just communicate. And that's the key. If you can communicate, you know, wake up earlier if you have to while everybody's in bed, sleep until seven, you know, you get up at four and you work from four to seven. You just find the time to make it happen for you. Right. What, um, what, so what kind of schedule were you keeping, um, when you were ramping up your, I guess whenever you're ramping up a new business and what kind of schedules do you keep today? Well, my schedule today is much different from when I'm ramping up a business. Um, when I'm ramping up a business, my time, my schedule was just like I described. I get up at six, you know, from six to eight or um, two hours before everybody else gets up, I, I'm working. Uh, and then I spend an hour with them, breakfast, whatever I need to do, get them off in their way. Uh, and then I would work all day. And then from five to eight, I would try to spend as much time as possible. But um, sometimes that wasn't possible, but what I did do is I did give them Sundays, you know, Sundays we would, uh, go and spend time as a family. Um, my family has always known me as an entrepreneur. So, uh, they supported me and my kids saw that and my kids, you know, I would sit down and talk with them and said, look, I'm working hard for you guys. It's not that I don't love you. It's just that I want to provide for you guys. And they understood. And so I still went to their events. I still went and did a lot of things with them. Not as much as I would love to, but I did my part. Um, but now it's different. Now it's about now it's a little bit more about family. Um, it's a little bit more structured. I spend a lot of time with them. We have our favorite shows we watch together. So my son and I have a show together we watch. My wife and I, my daughter, and even me and my dog. You know, there's a show <laughs> with me. That's so awesome. I try to give them. I try to give them time. But I as you once what you realize is that the more you're an entrepreneur and the more you do business, the more experience you get. And the more experience you get, the more you're able to get done in such a short period of time. 
So what I can get done in an hour today would have took me five hours before. Right. Um, and then I also have a team, you know, so I manage a team very, very properly. So I right now run um, three companies and each one has uh, a manager and they manage it and they do their part. I communicate with them. I'm on Skype with them. I'm on calls with them and they manage it. And so, uh, like I said, the more experience you get, the easier you're able to manage your growth. Awesome. So what are you currently working on? Uh, there's two things that I'm working on. One, I'm working on um, getting out there more. I've been on a lot of uh, stages. I love to talk about entrepreneurship. I love to talk about the struggles I've had, and I love to share it. And I'm I'm really starting. I'm starting something that uh, is going to allow me to share my experiences more. Um, I call it the Seven Figure Success Academy, and so uh, I'm going to be launching that this year to where uh, people can learn more about business. Everything I'm talking about now, all the struggles I went through, but not just me. I'm going to go and talk and interview and get lessons learned from other seven-figure earners so pe people can really learn from other individuals because I think that's what we're all looking for, right? If we can figure out how to accomplish a certain thing in a short period of time and someone can teach us that, that's what I want to provide. Um, that's my first one. And then the second one I've been doing, um, I the reason why the company sold for what it did is because I developed an asset. A lot of people are so focused on cash flow, and, and there's a terminology out there I think is completely wrong. People say cash flow is king, but you can't be king without a kingdom, and mm. your kingdom is your asset. And so if you don't build an asset, you can sit on the throne all you like, but you, that, you know, you're, the moment your cash is gone, no one's going to respect you. So I, I want to help entrepreneurs understand that you build an asset, which is your kingdom, and then you can have the cash flow to go with it. Because you can make a million dollars a year, but you can sell your business. If you can build an asset and sell your business for $3 million later, that's, that's even better. So, um, so I, I chose one field where people can easily, it's an easy to uh, enter market. Um, it's e-commerce where you can build an asset. You can build capital at the same time. And it's um, you know a low entry point, so most people can get in and do it themselves. And um, So I created a program called the um, basically called e-commerce entrepreneurs to where um, I show them a blueprint. So what I did is I, I, I took all my experience. I took everything I talked about so far in the show. And what I did is I went ahead and created a blueprint that helps people accomplish this. Uh, they can build a successful six-figure, seven-figure business using e-commerce. And, um, and then I'm going to take several of my stores that I've created earlier in the year and later on this year I'm going to sell them so I can show people the selling process as well. So I'm excited about it because I have a lot of students that are really, really having a lot of success, and um, they're all over the world, from Australia to New Zealand um, to you know UK and so on, uh, even Guatemala, Colombia, Panama, um, and they're all having um, you know great success, and uh, so it's it's exciting to do it. So that's basically the two things I'm working on. That's awesome. Uh, so what do you love most about the marriage of the internet and entrepreneurship? It allows you to do so much more. Um, you could have done anything before. It's like it's, the internet just allowed you quicker information, um, to more knowledge, quicker access to uh, you know communicating with your team. Uh, it, it helps you make quicker decisions because you can get the stats, you can get the KPIs to just kind of know what decisions to make, when you need to make them, how to make a change. Um, so I love it for that. 
the the one bad of it is that it became a twenty four hour job. Mm. So now that you're more global, you know a lot of your customers can be all over the world, and so you're finding yourself having to satisfy people all times of the day. That's why it's so critical that you set up a system that can satisfy your customers, people who are out there buying things from you. So, and, and that's and that's a good point because I think a lot of people, especially when they're working toward becoming uh, internet entrepreneurs, are doing it because they want you know more control over their time and freedom, right? Um, but maybe not necessarily thinking about the importance of having systems that can handle that twenty-four hour a day um, expectation that customers may have. Um, right. So what questions uh, do you think that every entrepreneur needs to be able to answer um, before they can really become successful? What, what questions do they need to be able to um, answer to themselves? What are you really chasing? In other words, are you chasing the money? Are you chasing the success? Like what, what is driving you? Because I think that's one critical one because you need to identify with that. Because if you're chasing money, um, it might be the wrong thing you're chasing. If you're chasing lifestyle, that's a little bit different. So it be very clear on what you're actually looking for. If you're looking to replace your income um, and you're looking to you know, uh, make six figures a year so you can have a lifestyle and bring your family along and do all this stuff, then your vision, you know, be very clear and be concise, but don't just have it be about money because I promise you, I promise you, making money doesn't solve anything. Okay, because if you're so focused on the money, you, you you forget about everything else. But if you focus on lifestyle and you look at lifestyle as, you know, I want to have an amazing lifestyle as you're building up your wealth, you're going to start being more visible about the lifestyle that you have and that you want. If you make money, money doesn't solve everything. Right. So that's that's one thing. So you have to ask yourself, what is what is your true intention? And second, um, you know. You have to. What is your belief into in yourself to be able to get anything done, to get the job done? If you're not at a hundred percent, then you need to figure out what it takes to get a hundred percent. Because if you know you're not at a hundred percent, you're like, I like this, but mm, I don't know if I can get it done. Then you're not ready. Don't start the journey that you're not going to be able to uh, finish, and then you're just going to end up hurting yourself because you're going to say, Well, I knew it couldn't get done, and I, I still chased it, but oh well, I, you know, I did my best. Um, no, you didn't. You didn't do your best. Your best is you go at it and you make it happen, no matter what it takes, and be ready to pivot. You know, are you are you willing to pivot? In other words, are you willing to chase your dream? And if your if your dream changes a little bit, are you willing to pivot with it? Because um, either your the business idea or the, or the, the program that you created has changed and the market wants something different. Are you willing to pivot with your, with it so that you can satisfy the market and still accomplish what you need to accomplish? But if you're so stuck on what you want to build because, no, this is, has to be gray and it has to be size 12, um, then that's that's you're going to find yourself in a lot of disappointment. So that's interesting. And, and I, I think that that's a, a really hard thing to figure out. How do you determine when you've reached a point that uh, is difficult and that you need to push through or when you've reached a wall that this is time to pivot and kind of get, you know, get away from this idea? How do you distinguish between the two? Data. Your market will tell you, okay? Um, your market will tell you. So if you go with your gut feeling, 
you may get it one out of 10 times, but if you go with what the market tells you, so you're out there, you're constantly in touch with your market. So you put a product out and your market's telling you it works, it's great, but you need to listen to that but, especially if a thousand people out of a thousand people are telling you this. But you know, if you got, you always get those individuals that just don't get or don't have what, you know, they're not getting what they want out of your product, but you know, 10 out of a thousand, that doesn't tell you that you should pivot. But if you get a majority of your product, uh, product users and, you know, create a minimal buy of product, so your MVP is critical. So you create, you don't go out and create the biggest and best thing in the world and then you take it to market. You know, you build it in steps and let the market tell you this is great, but, or hey, this is great, we want more of, you know, then you're able to create it based on your market demand rather than uh, let's go finish this whole big product and then we'll market it. And oh, surprise, nobody wants it. Yeah, because you didn't <laughs> You didn't build it towards your market. Right, right. Awesome. Um, so, you know, Domingo, you, you've been, I'm sure, in contact with, you know, lots of other entrepreneurs out there. What are the most common traits that you've noticed in successful internet entrepreneurs? They're willing to get it done, whatever it takes. They're willing to get it done. They, they, they are so driven that they'll get up in the morning and they'll get up at night and they'll give up some of their lifestyle to get it done um, because they're they're not they're not so short sighted in other words so you have to give up a little bit for a week or two weeks or maybe a month or two but that's nothing in the in the scheme of you know um, you know living the rest of your life with an amazing lifestyle and and don't just because you have small wins doesn't don't discard them chase them all and celebrate them all hey guys I just made my first ten dollars celebrate it right. I made my first hundred dollars because if you don't celebrate your wins, you'll never realize you had a win. Um, so it's important. Go chase it. Make it happen. Stay driven. Stay focused. Love your family. Communicate. Love everyone you're with. Bring your mentors along. Climb that mountain. Stay on your mountain. And don't lose focus. Did you ever get to a point where you uh, where you wanted to quit? Um, well, like almost every day, man. <laughs> you know? If you think about it, you're like, man, why am I doing this? How many times, if you're listening to this and even yourself, Michael, how many times have you told yourself, why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, you always have that moment where you're like, why am I doing this? And then you just have to remind yourself, this is why I'm doing it. This is why I'm doing it. You know, because there'll be times where you wake up and everyone's on you. You feel like the world's on you and the world's holding you down. Um, but you have you have the decision and it's your decision to get up. It's your decision to fight. It's your de decision to chase the dream. It's your decision to make it happen. It's your your decision to change people's lives. Nobody else can help that make that decision for you. You're the only one. So when you ask yourself, you know, why am I doing this? You just have to simply remind yourself, even if you have to put it on walls all around your house, that's why I'm doing it. Because you, you need to have that that passion and that drive in you has to be strong. So that moment of weakness that you will have, and trust me, I've had many, um, you can just drive right through it. I'm telling you. And that's it's really it we all get it. We're all the same guys. We there's no difference between me and you, you and I. Right. The only difference is that I just dug down, I deep went deep and I chased something that lots of people told me wouldn't happen. But now no one doubts me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what do you do? I mean, outside of, I know you talked a little bit about like putting things up on the wall. Um, 
and uh, kind of rehearsing why you're doing it. Do you have any other tools that you have in your your you know fighting discouragement arsenal? Um, there's two things I do. Um, one, I, 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 I use YouTube a lot. I'll go find a motivation, motivational, um, video, um, and something that, you know, the one that I always love is the one with Rocky when he's talking to his son, <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a fantastic one. I love hearing it. No matter how many times I hear it, every time I hear it, I get emotional about it. There's also one about Will Smith. Um, when he's talking to his son, uh, they're playing basketball and he tells him, you know, don't ever let anyone tell you you can't do it. You know, I'm a big movie buff. So I look at, I look at those scenes and I see myself and I see myself as Will Smith's son. And I, and, and someone tell me, you know, change your dream. Don't let anybody not, you know, not uh, stop to tell people you can't, can't do it. Um, I'm also the one that stands there in front of Rocky when he's selling, when he's yelling at his son and saying, <laughs> you know, you can make it happen, you know. You're bet that you're better than this. Um, that, that's a big part of it. You know, I put myself in it. I close my eyes. I hear the words, and I drive myself through. Okay. I drive myself through, and and that to me is important. Um, so that's definitely one. Um, another part, a lot of uh, second one, a lot of people do is um, they you know they 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 listen to to you know movies or uh, or songs. They listen to songs, right? And so I think a one that that works, but the second one that really, really, really works for me is uh, the poem, the poem by Evictus, uh, um, by Ernest Henley, and because uh, it's such a such a powerful, powerful um, poem that the way it ends, it's I have it on my wall every time. You know, I'm the master of my fate, and I'm the captain of my soul, and so I I use those two lines in everything I do. I like that a lot. Well, Domingo, I, uh, I'm really happy to have you on the show. You provided some great value, some really, your story's super interesting. You know, you're very, really successful. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure the, the people listening have appreciated uh, you sharing your, you know, knowledge nuggets uh, with us. Uh, so before we go, I wanted to uh, see if you can share uh, how the Baller Circle can get in touch with you and learn more about your business. Yeah, please, uh, please go to my website, domingosilvis.com. Um, and just join join my list or go to uh, catch me on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Facebook a lot, and you'll find me there. Um, I'm on, on Facebook, I'm Domingo M. Silvis III. Um, but if, if you go to my website, www.domingosilvis.com, I would love to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear your stories, and uh, keep in touch. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers Podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.